I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. You looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Kaime Bailu, and welcome to the lowest rated podcast in rugby, but the most exclusive community to be a part of, man. You guys are all about it, and I am here for it. And let's talk about the things that are happening and taking place in rugby today. And as we know, we are in Rugby World Cup time, so you know all the news kind of shifts back into this same little manifold right there, but that's neither here nor there. We are about to talk some great stuff about it. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit of Zimbabwe Sevens. That is the African uh, Olympic qualifiers match. And, uh, yo, of course, USA taking on Toulouse, Toulon, to to Stade Tulane, to the French town team that was supposed to take on Utah, but you know neither here nor there. So we're gonna go. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we get started with that, please, please, please go ahead and subscribe and uh, follow the show on your audio streaming, your podcast streaming channel. Definitely follow on YouTube, uh, gift time at youtube.com slash gift time rugby. And of course, you can absolutely follow us on Instagram, uh, Rugby Swag Show. Uh, you know, we'll throw the updates on there from time to time. Uh, it's not the most qualifying thing, but uh, you know, we're doing better. I'm, I'm doing better in trying to make sure I can keep it updated, respectively. It's how we got to do. You know, it's the process of returning back into the flow of things. So, with that all being said, yo, let's get right back into the show. So first off, man, yo, let's talk about what happened week two Rugby World Cup news. Uh, what do we got here? What do we got here? What do we got here? You know, okay, so obviously did some predictions. Uh, we had some great, not upsets, but surprising performances, to say the least. I still stand by the fact week two arguably is the worst week of rugby world rugby competitions that I've ever had. Now I hear there might be another week in the group stage coming up for week four, but we'll see. We'll see. We gotta look at the schedule. But I think this might have been easily the worst matchup stage. But that being said, doesn't mean that we didn't get some great battles out of it and uh some surprising. So let's let's kick this off. So last week uh, we talked about France versus Uruguay. I definitely believe that to have been was going to be a complete domination blowout. I think I put it as my prediction. I don't think I know because I just wrote this down. Uh, as fifty-two to thirteen, France over Uruguay. Man, le- that game was absolutely legit. This that Uruguay team. Oh man, they. Um, it hurts that they completely beat us twice. Um. But they deserve it. Final score with that was 27 to 12. And it was a lot closer than the score even says. Uh, I Honestly, it, it, 
I don't have much to say about the game itself, but the one thing that came to my mind immediately as I was watching that Uruguay team, based off the irony of what would happen that on two days from then, is that the U.S. really don't have any excuse for being as bad as they are. It, it, it doesn't. The talk of our collegiate system or our club system or whatever, like Uruguay went head-to-head with an A-side French team. And there's nothing anybody can say. Oh, they put in their backups. Oh, they were arresting guys. No. They got the same guys that have to be there for the Rugby World Cup throughout the entire competition. They took the best of the best and then put it in. Just because some guys are starters and some guys are backups, and even at that, you only have, uh, you only have what, eight, eight backups to be able to replace so you're still talking about a whole seven starters that are going to be there, and Uruguay really kept it at. And if it wasn't for some uh, errors in, 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 in penalties, like that game could have been closer, and Uruguay could have gone anywhere with that. And I, even you can't even be like, Uruguay plays together for so long. They're always like, it, 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 it's Uruguay. It is a smaller country. It has less. I don't care how long they've been playing rugby. It still is relatively about the same amount of time if as the U.S., if not probably shorter, all right? Like, there's no way they have that strong of a youth system. It can be all right, but it ain't go head-to-head and keep it close with France, the utmost favorite. I don't even care if France was like, oh, we're playing down to our competition. Like, yo, you kept it close. Like, that game was supposed to be a 55-point, 52-point spread, or something to that effect, like 52 or 59 point spread, and it was 27-12. And that the late French scores were really just you can feel exhaustion kicking in. But Uruguay was like Uruguay played better than Argentina played England, and you'd think Argentina was a better team. Like, man, Uruguay might be the best team outside of Argentina in the Americas. You know, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see how they they follow it up, but. Um, yeah, no, this was a really big a big slap in the face to the U.S. And, yes, I, I absolutely am okay with making it all about the U.S. in that way. Good job to them, but this really is about us and, and, and understanding how much we have either overthought it or greatly, greatly just underperformed at so much. So, so much. Ah, man. But, yeah, no, that was a good job by Uruguay. So, next game that was on this list, we had New Zealand versus Namibia. Uh, I knew that New Zealand was going to be coming back strong. This was going to be a revenge game. They're going to really work out their kinks because uh, they weren't ever able to get busy with France. So, they're going to have to really take it to this next team. Namibia obviously has been the qualifying team out of Africa uh, in 15s outside of South Africa. And I think South Africa pretty much has an auto bid. So the one slot for Africa 2, technically, uh, is always Namibia. And, um, I mean, they just got boat raced. I just, you know, I, I thought this was going to be a 35-10 game. Uh, again, I think the, the line was 69. Something to that effect was 69 points. But... Um, New Zealand definitely worked out their kinks, all right? They they definitely felt unchained, and then they just released all up on Namibia because they ended up winning 71-3 to on them. Uh, I, it's oh, wild, wild. 
That being said, I did make some mentions on Twitter, and it was something that really caught me because I've watched Namibia for a few years now. And, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, Namibia is a small country in southern Africa. Uh, it's a former German colony and uh, has basically a lot of, uh, uh, you know, your local population. And then it's also made up of Germans, Afrikaners, and, and, and Dutch. And uh, whenever you look at their rugby team, it looks like that is the majority of it. It feels like South Africa in 1990, you know, 1995 in some cases. Uh, and I did wonder if, like, do they even reach out to the locals? Looking around, at, at least the U20s, it looks like at least they have some. But I do still wonder if this is a lot of, like, the suburb. This is nothing that really can be solved. I want, We're probably going to have to bring a Namibian uh, rugby union person on and talk about it because I genuinely am very curious. And why am I curious about it? Because it's a country in Africa that, you know, you know, you'd be like, hey, get some balance. But, you know, over these last, what, they opened up in 1990, almost 33 years now, you know, they're not been able to bring more, more heavier locals. But, you know, we all know the recruiting process can be very difficult, um, especially when it comes to uh, – People wanting to learn rugby versus the power of uh, soccer, football. Um, but uh, it was just something that was very, very curious to me. Also, I thought that maybe it could help their chances of winning as well, too, because, you know, they need some speed off of the edge. And uh, they are just big guys that were going in. Their, line, their front line is solid, just wasn't as solid as New Zealand. And New Zealand was absolutely dominating that ass right over there. Um Next, we got Samoa versus Chile. That was last week. Samoa, you know, this was the first game they coming in. Uh, Chile had already done one against Japan. Absolutely got worked, but you never know. Samoa has been able to take advantage of, of boostering up their roster since the World Rugby Rule Change, which essentially said that uh, players who are uh, playing inside one nation and from another nation, uh, lesser, uh, a tier two and under nation, perceptively, uh, could actually go play for them without losing eligibility in, uh, to play for uh, another one. So, uh, example, if you played for England and you happen to be from Fiji, you actually had to choose which one you could play for because U.S. Uh, World Rugby said if you choose a country, that's a country that you have to play for indefinitely or lose your eligibility for a five- or ten-year stint that you have to redo your national naturalization. Um, so they actually eliminated, I think, eliminated or reduced the rule. Uh, and now it, you see a lot of Fijians and Samoans who would have typically ended up playing for these bigger nations, England, France, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, uh, even Japan. Uh, they now have the, had the opportunity to go play for their home country, which is truly, truly an honor. It's truly, truly an honor. So Samoa, uh, we saw this first with Fiji, and now Samoa had their chance. Uh, I didn't know how Samoa was going to come out on this. So, uh, you know, it's, it can be hard to get your synchronization together. Obviously, you, you have something to play for, but you need to be able to get your rhythm. And I think Samoa is a national team that has truly been robbed of its talent, uh, and, and they really should be a dominant. And even the guys that have been there and played for them have always played well but never had the finishers because your best players always get shipped off to the places where there's more money at. 
So I predicted that game to be a 26-15 game, a close one. I really did assume Samoa would probably dominate it most of the time. That, that really wasn't going to be surprising to me. But, ha, 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 they really showed, they really showed, man, how much we really did not need to be in the Rugby World Cup. Man, this is always about the USA, all right? Uruguay, Chile, Portugal. These are the teams, how we pre- face against them and how they perform. This is literally us. That would have been probably about five times worse. Uh, Chile uh, got a chance to do their second game, and Samoa just boat raced them. 43 to 10. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch this game. I didn't watch a highlight. I didn't think it was going to be a good game. Uh, I did obviously watch France, Uruguay. I watched the end of New Zealand, uh, Namibia. But Samoa, Chile, I I didn't think it was going to be anything. Also, I couldn't watch it at the time. I didn't have time to do replays. But absolute boat racing of Chile. Uh, Great start to kick off their run because they have – Four straight that they got to do with no breaks coming in. Uh, Honestly, I think it kind of sucks to have the last break. Actually, you know what? Not necessarily because probably it's better to have the last game so you can actually determine how many points you need to make if you're able to get into the knockout stage. But um, I'm not going to lie. That's still going to be a toughie for Samoa. Uh, They they definitely are working uh, with – Ooh, a tough slate in front of them. They're them being in Group C, and they still got England and everything, who's just coming in hot. Um, but before we get to them, we had next up Wales versus Portugal. Uh, this one again, Wales is already coming off when they've been top of the division. Wales is still a great team, though. I think there's always this little internal component. That I thought that they're gonna implode just because of. All the issues they're dealing with with their union and uh, financial, heat, all that good stuff. Um, But I didn't think it was going to be a close game. Again, Wales is just far, far more skilled, far more talented, far better coached than Portugal was. Um, And and I looked at this initially. I thought this was going to be 30 to 10 score, which, you know, makes sense. Wales dominating 30 to 10. 10, Portugal, you know, doing their thing and attempting. I think a lot of people find them to be the uh, one of the darlings, tough players, tough groups. I, I don't because, um, yeah, I'm forever beef with Portugal until, you know, we beat them again in, with USA. And then, of course, because the Brazilian component already. All right. This is uh, Brazil is a real Portuguese now, not, not Portugal. Anyways, so <laughs> Wales ended up winning this 28 to 8. I was off by two points. So it was basically exactly what was expected. Nothing really too much more from that. Um, next, we have South Africa versus Romania. This, again, I, I think South Africa might be one of my favorite teams to watch in this competition because, once again, they play with reckless abandon. They're there to not just beat you. They're there to crush you. They are there to squeeze you like a watermelon between formerly known China's thighs. Like, just crack you and just dominate you down. The big issue, once again, is that their scrum half, who got moved to fly half a little bit this week, just sucks at post-kicking. Like, doesn't have the accuracy. And it's really, honestly, it's it's impressive the amount of people that actually have good posts. Like, George Ford, I think, is right now considered the top notch of top notch. And, you know, we're just uh, – it's just wild. Uh, but South Africa has been dominating. I looked at this. I thought this was going to be an 82-3 to game. Uh, South Africa over Romania. Ended up being 76-0. Once again, 
three, four point difference. It was exactly what we expected. South Africa just run through. You don't learn anything from this game. You just are like, okay, go through. Cheers to Romania for having made it into the Rugby World Cup. They are the ultimate punching bags for the league as they got boat raced uh, just last week, 82 to 3 against Ireland. So uh, it's a tough one, but, you know, it, it's expected. Uh, next up, you had Ireland versus Tonga. Completely forgot this game. Somehow missed it in the schedule. So I had no prediction for it. Ended up 59-16. Tonga for the win. Uh, sorry. Ireland for the win. Go with it. Now, Australia versus Fiji was a game that I had marked as probably the best match on this because this was going to be so pinnacle. Uh, this was going to be Fiji having a chance to show what they were, make up for what happened against Wales, and uh, an Australian team that plays well, but you know I just don't feel like they had that energy. And I predicted it out to be Fiji 20, Australia 14. And uh, I was very, very close. It was Fiji 22, Australia 15. Honestly, it was exactly what I thought. Australia is out here playing because they know how to play. Like, that's that's what they do. They know how to play rugby. They don't play passionately. Don't get me wrong. They play hard, but they don't play passionately. It almost feels like you're going run-by-numbers action. And, and that's probably – I would love to be like, yo, that's on Eddie Jones. But, honestly, Australia has been sucking for the better part of the last eight years, maybe a decade. Definitely underperforming for the last decade. Um, and I'm not surprised by what it is. I, you know, Fiji, like I said, Fiji getting a chance to have its best players back, uh, being able to play for their country, because when you watch Fiji play, you're not watching people play the sport of rugby. You're watching people play rugby with a religious foundation underneath it. Like this is a spiritual movement and it's very, very, very difficult to beat people that have a spiritual undertone or backing behind the way that they play because you're playing for more than just yourself and you're playing for more than just the results of what the uh, action is. Like it's almost metaphysical in the way that they do it. And Fiji, we've seen them dominate within sevens um, as are absolutely playing like lights out. I, I do feel like at the same time, they do got some control issues with the hand. I, they be dropping a lot of balls, but Fiji's playing with a different motivation. And while their games have been close, I feel like they're just slowly warming up, building and building and building and getting their plan. But winning this game basically set Fiji up to be able to take the rest of this tournament because all they have left is, um, I believe, Portugal and... Um, they just have Portugal and, uh, and Georgia, which feisty teams... But I think they can run some points up on them, and it's been shown over and over. Um, but this one, this one, it was a big mark because right now, I mean, obviously there's the record of, you know, it's been, what, 54 years since Fiji beat Australia. Um, and, you know, I, I get the stat, and I get, you know, trying to make Fiji a darling, but let's be completely honest. The reason why that's been is because They've been poached. They've been poached for days. I personally, I don't even look at Fiji as being a Cinderella team. I think they're a tier one team. Like, they're not a Cinderella team. They're not, like, I, I, I know because of the hardships and everything like that, but I think when people talk about Fiji as if it is 
maybe not wild that they're doing well, but it's like this, this, this blessing or like, you know, they're really coming from the bottom up. It's not, it's not accurate to me. Like it's, yo, you get to actually keep your guys. Like you're actually getting your full picks. Your, your, your guys are fully coming in. Like, of course you're going to be good. They're literally good for every team. Like, I'm watching Fiji versus Australia, and to some extent, I almost feel bad, like, because you feel like this is brother on brother, like some Civil War action because there's so many Fijians that are playing across these countries. So you're like, man, you're just robbing people. They got robbed, and now they're actually getting to get some restitution. This was almost a low-key reparations for the level of talent robbery that's been happening with Fiji. So I, I think it's a discrediting to just treat them as like this meta, this ethereal, um, um, you know, unicorn season that they're possibly having, being able to defeat. No, this is exactly what they should have been. The unfortunate part is they just don't have the population to be super commercially viable in their own country. Uh, and hence why so many people leave. But when it comes to its pure talent standpoint, this is the most obvious thing ever. This is just so obvious that they should be going through. And they're getting to get their legs over and over going through. Like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy for Fiji. I'm happy for Chief Fiji. But I refuse to treat them as an underdog because they're, they're not an underdog. They did not come into it as an underdog because you were able to get your guys. They came into this as a legitimate contender, in my opinion. And honestly, should have been the dark arts. The issue was always just going to be, are they going to be in sync together? And will they run with the confidence needed to do it? It's the same question I have about Samoa. Because uh, I, don't, I, I don't feel – I'm not saying Samoa doesn't have the same ethereal spiritual backing like Fiji does. But Fiji just runs different. It just runs different. Samoa is just like – it's in their blood. But Fiji runs different, in my opinion. So we got we got that. And lastly, the game that uh, I think was the second best game from this week uh, definitely was uh, a match that again was going to determine who's going to get the standings on this. It was England versus Japan. Um, you know, England has been, in my opinion, playing actually better than I expected them to do. I really did think they were going to be kind of a mess. I, I didn't think uh, Boswick was uh, Bosick, Bosick, Steve Bosick was going to be that good of a coach. Uh, the Six Nations didn't really give me a whole lot of confidence, and even their play throughout the uh, early parts of the summer, I was just like, eh, eh, you guys are all right. Like, I don't, not really feeling it. And you know, England also kind of has just like a punchable aura about them. They're just. So about their business and at the same time, just sometimes feel like they're entitled to have to do well um, because they're England. Um, it just, it, they aggravate me in a different way, but I also respect it. Like, I love guys like Ellis Genji simply because I watch the movie, every, their, their documentary, Everybody's Game. But, you know, it, it gives a better appreciation for, for what they're able to do. And, you know, against this Japan team, this again, this is another game that was closer than what the score looked like. But, man, Japan just wasn't able to hold on. That, that depth issue really becomes play uh, later on. And, uh, yo, give it to England for what it's worth. They were able to get the kicks. Uh, George Ford is an absolute beast. If whenever Owen Farrell has to come back, like, that's this week, like, it's going to be tough to put him back in there because George Ford is by far England's best weapon. I actually don't think England plays as close 
as they do unless George Ford's kicks really are going. Because that man is Steph Curry money out there. Absolute Steph Curry money in this piece. Uh, so uh, I had predicted that England was going to win this 16-14. But I also said, you know, if Japan had won this 16-14, I wouldn't have been surprised. I thought this was going to be an incredibly close game. Final score ended up being 34-12, England over Japan. Once again, I'm going to say again, the score was not as uh, far as the, – the gameplay was not as far as the score would lead you to believe. Like, Japan really did it to them. I think there was one point where uh, the Japanese scrum half um, started – uh, fighting with, uh, I don't know who number 11 is for England, but they started getting into it. And, and for some reason, that just made it so funny to me. And just the way that they tried to break it up. Again, if it, it feels, ah, feels so medieval. It just, ah, it just, I want England to get their butt whooped. Just, just something about their presence is just aggravating. It's just aggravating. And I don't really have beef with an England per se. Not really. But they just have an aggravating attitude in rugby. Like, I don't – like, I know they play for fun, but I also don't feel like they play for fun. I, again, it feels like England's royal rugby team. That, that's what it sometimes feels like. England's royal rugby team. We are playing for our positioning and honor of the queen, or now the king. Uh, and <laughs> we will be victorious. Hurrah! <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> That's literally how I feel like whenever I watch England play. So, uh, that being said, yo, kudos to them. Uh, I definitely did not have them picked to be able to come out of this division, and so far they have proven me very wrong. I don't. I I think that with the Japan win, two and zero, they basically topped this. They still have Samoa to play, but uh, you know. Uh, it really is going to probably come down to England versus Samoa uh, as determining who's going to be one and two when this is all said and done. So. Yeah, so that's our recap, Rugby World Cup. This is from uh, week two, and uh, we're going to go into uh, the talks a little bit later on. But let's get to a commercial. Before I let you guys get back to it, I want you guys to go check out RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, this is the place where we are bringing in casual rugby wear. We're trying to set up the designs, make sure that we are giving you something to represent rugby. That's not just a jersey, and that's not just your kit. It is something that you and your friends and your mama and your kids and your parents and your best friend and your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and girlfriend and your they and just make sure that everybody is able to rock some rugby gear without having to necessarily be stuck to any one type of rugby gear. We want it for your day-to-day, everyday life. I know that's redundant, but that's how beautiful we want it to be. You know, definitely check out our most recent update, our rugby swag show shirts uh they're available now for purchase you guys can get it and for any first time buyers talking to you yo i'm giving you guys 20 percent off the first purchase take as many as you want 20 percent off the first purchase and of course if you guys get on the newsletter you guys are going to see more coupons and discounts that come along with that as well, too. But 20% off, and all you guys need to use is coupon code GROWRUGBY. That is G-R-E-A-U-X, rugby, 
great quality gear definitely something for your presence something to be able to give obviously we just got past the year so that means birthdays are coming out valentine's day is just around the corner and you have so much more yo hook your family hook your people up with what's right hook your people up with what's right go to rugbyoutletmall.com and enjoy out and of course it helps support the show and our media endeavors let's get you back all right so we are back 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 all right i want to bring it back into the domestic land bring it through the two coastal borders of the United States because on Saturday we had a match out in Salt Lake City, Utah. Out in Utah, it was the USA versus Toulouse. Toulouse, Toulouse, Stade Toulouse. You know, a game that had been talked about several months back but was actually supposed to be played with um, the Utah Warriors Versus Stad to lose, but you know, of course, because it's an international game of sort. Um, I'm pretty sure the USA was like, "Hey, let's bogart this because you know we need to get our national team some work." You know, you guys lost a lot of your players because they are almost 90% international, and so you know, most of them are probably in the Rugby World Club or playing in the NPC. So uh, why don't we just fill it in? And we got our American guys already ready to go. Um, and we know, you know, Scott Lawrence has been on a on a tool now to try and really shape up the system of USA's um, national system and, and see who's the best players as prep for the next four years to try and make it to 2027 uh, Rugby World Cup and go do some damage in that. Hopefully, make a scratch in that and be someone, you know, leading into our 2031 ultimate uh, showcase that needs to be there. But um, I'm going to be, you know, USA ended up winning 24 21. Great. Honestly, this is not, there's not much to say. You know, it's nice that they can have a match, but man, it also is like you played Toulouse's ultimate seaside so like I'm, I'm comparing again back uruguay and france and then the usa and and start to lose and um it's nice to get a win because i think the usa uh usa men really need some confidence boosters like they have not won anything of significance in since 2019 probably since 2019 They've been taking a beating from the 15 side, an absolute beating. So, you know, to get that and and to get these warm-ups for the, you know, top four, this top 14 side, I mean, it's good for that. I I hope Scott Lawrence was able to get some film on some guys and kind of see what it goes. But, you know, you still says a lot that the international side won 24 to 21 against the backups of the backups of Stade Toulouse. Um, and and it's, not, it's not saying much, but, you know, it's it's a growth period. But um, it's good. I don't know, you know, how much they, they were able to take from the game because, um, you know, you start to wonder about the business of some of these matches. And uh, if they were able to get a good cut from the ticket sales, obviously – 
It's played in Warriors Stadium, so I'm hoping those teams didn't got something from it because you need to make sure that you are getting business side from it. Uh, obviously, this was played on FS2, so you know it makes it particularly difficult to be able to watch these games because unless you have cable, it's not available. And I think it might have been on the Rugby Network if you're international, but you know, again, uh, FS2 is a is a tough one if you're in the country. Um, you know, I'm hoping these digital rights go better. But, again, with World Rugby, uh, building RugbyPass.tv, most likely a lot of games like this will find its way to either the Rugby Network or onto RugbyPass.tv uh, so that they are made available. But I don't know if they're going to be well monetized or anything like that. I get really worried when it comes to how games are scheduled like this because of the fact that our brokenness plays a huge factor into a lot of our problems. And, you know, but... Um, you know, again, you know, it's good. Nice little start to the fall season. Um, I don't know how much test matches they're going to play. Uh, you know, maybe go play Germany or something like that. People that aren't in the Rugby World Cup right now. So, you know, you can get your confidence boosters up uh, since, you know, South America no longer is available to be the uh, punching bag of the USA anymore because uh, they're just outrunning us. In terms of development in rugby, which is shocking, shocking. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was. That was something. Um, you know, kudos, solid roster. We'll see what happens from there. All right, let's take it back to some rugby world news. And this one obviously hits personal for me because these are my people. You know, uh, 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 obviously physically my people, uh, genetically my people, uh, but also knowing some of them is also people and, and whatnot. That was Nigeria Rugby. Uh, if you guys got a chance to see our interview with Dr. Boom, a.k.a. Freddie uh, Henry Ajudwa, um, you know, they were working to be able to get into Olympic uh, qualification uh, for the first time ever. Um, a lot of this being because of the fact that Nigeria was out of accreditation with World for almost five years now. Uh, almost, I'm sorry, almost six years, six years now uh, that they've been out of accreditation. Um, they were finally able to get the approval and be reinstated to Rugby at Freak, be reinstated as an active union. Again, their governing body is fully secured. And so Nigeria was put together uh, a seven squad made up of basically Nigerians from London, Dr. Boom, and, of course, a couple guys from inside the country itself uh, to compete. They came in third. Um, they came in third. I forgot the country that they played at. Uh, over the summer, um, and losing to, I'm sorry, they came in second, second, over the summer, uh, they had lost to Algeria, um, to Algeria, uh, a tough squad there, but, uh, they had gotten the qualification to compete in Zimbabwe for Olympic qualification, and this is for everybody, you know, uh, I was a little surprised when I saw South Africa was on the list of teams to compete, because I thought, they kind of had an automatic bid, but they didn't. Um, but now 
uh, uh, we got to see the results. And um, unfortunately, Nigeria was unable to qualify for the Olympics. Ended up finishing eighth. Uh, final loss was a big loss against Madagascar, which you guys need to understand. Madagascar is a growing rugby country. Uh, rugby is actually their primary sport. I talked to a guy actually at a food show who's from Madagascar, and I was telling him how much I was impressed with what Madagascar do, does, and they're just not talked about enough. Um, but I, I can't wait to see their growth. But it was still a big deal as us as Nigerians because, look, man, Nigeria was 22nd in the continent um, before this all started. You know, shout out to Steve Lewis coaching the Nigerian squad and everything and being able to get that program really, the national program really ramped up. Shout out to everybody who's been around um, United Media who was able to document this process um, and, and just being able to see where it is. But even in watching Nigeria, this speaks a lot to the growth of rugby within the African continent. Uh, Kenya ended up being the winners overall. Kenya, of course, perennial sevens, contenders, often choke when it matters in the biggest games. But, man, especially considering all the financial issues that Union has had with paying players, to have those guys still compete to want to get to the Olympics is legit impressive. And we know this is a boisterous team. Uh, it's, it's super funny. You got We got Kenyans in my family uh, simply you know, because uh, by – Someday marriage, but um, by 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 relationship, and you know they were already uh, doped out on 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 uh, Kenya winning at that. But um, I was actually surprised at who came in third, and not really surprised because if you followed them, you know it was Uganda. Now uh, South Africa came in second, Uganda came in third. So what that means is that Uganda and South Africa are going to have a chance to go play for the second for the next international spot uh, for uh, sevens. So basically, uh, their repasha, in, in essence, they're going to go compete uh, to have a chance to be able to uh, qualify for the Olympics for, for next year. So, you know, big shout out. I'm looking forward to seeing what Uganda has to offer. Uh, I know South Africa probably has a lot of guys that are playing in the Rugby World Cup that would have played sevens for the qualifications. But that being said, man, I Uganda has been a country that has been building, is building and building and building. If you've never watched African uh, rugby, and probably a majority of people have not, uh, Uganda is a dominant team. They are fast and they are strong. They're like Kenya's little brothers. They're lean and they're quick. And they actually have pretty solid ball handling when it comes to their sevens. Um, obviously, I think whenever they were had a chance to play at the HSBC, uh, probably was just a little bit bright lights for them because uh, they hadn't played at that stage that big. But uh, look for them. It's just like Jamaica and the Caribbean. Like, look out for them. They become more and more evident. And they, 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 they might not have a lot of financial resources, but they got the will, they got the backing, and they got the juice to be able to do some damage. So... Big shout-out to Kenya, South Africa, and Uganda coming in one through three. Big shout-out to Nigeria. We're back. Can't wait to start doing this for 15s and start putting our foot and dropping, you know, nuts down on people and really showing the talent because we are a country of 300 million people uh, just 
spread out around the bloody world, man. We're, we're spread out around the world. Uh, 100 and almost 200 million in, actually, no, I'm sorry, 200 million in the country alone, uh, let alone the rest of us that are all out here. So I can't wait to that gathering of talent domestically, gathering of talent internationally, and let's see what we can do. Let's go, Stallions. Woo! <laughs> Hey everybody, this is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. Off to KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia. Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. All right, we got predictions for the future. We're back. Rugby World Cup week three. All right, y'all. Week three. I am ready. Ready, 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 ready for this one. Um, and this one is going to be actually, uh, I think it's a better week. I, I would make the argument that it's a better week. Um, I think that, um, you know, it's now getting a lot more crucial. So we're going to see the matchups that really matter first. So let us go ahead and kick this off. So Wednesday, all right, September 20th. So this is going to be coming out today, Tuesday, uh, the 19th. So for tomorrow, if you're getting to hear it or, you know, hear it on Wednesday, then hear it when you do. We got Italy versus Uruguay. Now, this is one of those games where it's a trap game, all right? Italy had a really great showing out um, earlier at this tournament. They already, this came out for break, but they absolutely boat raced Namibia. So 52-8 in the first week. So, you know, Italy has juice. But again, it's hard to tell because Namibia isn't a very great team. They're definitely, you know, they're not going to perform well during this Rugby World Cup. Um, Italy is a team that's always had questions. Again, they're perennial powerhouse. They're one of those, we know, in the Six Nations. They're easily, easily by far the worst Six Nations team that's been there. Probably ever. Um, and it's a country that has a really struggling union and, and struggling participation uh, in, in their development. That being said, the next best team that's near them that would be in that region, which is probably Georgia, is it's not even close how how much better Italy is to them. So 
you know, Italy comes to play when Italy wants to play. And in 15s, these are guys who run typically Northern Hemisphere rugby, big forwards, um, try and constrict the defense inside and then hope to break on the outside with their their speedsters on the edge, uh, with their wings. You know, a pretty a atypical. Um, but Uruguay came off a nice nice game against France. You know, they've had a week, uh, had about six days off. Um, you know, again, that's very different than the Italy team that's going to be coming on fresh after almost a week and a half of not playing. Um, but this one, I think, is actually going to be remotely closer. I think Uruguay is going to have a really good first half and a pretty slow second half. I actually look at this to probably be a 30 to 15 game Italy over Uruguay. I, I think Uruguay came to play against France, but uh, I think the shortened week for them in play time is going to kind of hurt them in terms of their recovery method. Um, Italy just, I think they're going to be rusty out the bat. But, yeah, I think ultimately they're going to show out towards the end. Uh, unfortunately, I still don't think Italy is going to get past the group stage. I think they're going to get beat. Um, out of their minds uh, by, you know, New Zealand and France over the course of the next couple of weeks. But uh, I think this is their last win, and then, you know, they go. But I, it, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a close one. Um, next up, we got France versus Namibia. It's not worth talking about. Uh, France is about to put, like, 90 points up on Namibia. Uh, I'll be surprised if Namibia scores. So I'm going to give it a chance that they get down three because France is still going to rest some of their starters and give some more depth to their uh, backups. Uh, look at France, uh, 90 to three over Namibia. Yeah, I'm not going to go much more than past that. Um, Friday, we got Argentina versus Samoa. Now, Argentina, another team that had a break. They've had a break over this last couple days, uh, last week. So, um, man, Samoa has so much to prove, but so does Argentina. Man, when they came out against England, we thought that Argentina was going to be a dark horse. Really, I think this all came on the fact that we saw them completely beat up on Australia, and we thought, okay, this is going to be a turning point. Of course, I think also the addition of how well they did in the HSBC uh, Sevens tournament, what they did in the Rugby World Cup Seven, what they did in the Olympics um, in 2021. Uh, like it, it just felt like <laughs> Argentina's speed and and power are now coming together. They got the experience, obviously, been playing in the rugby championships, so they should compete. England told us, "Nah, nah, you guys ain't you ain't there like that." Uh, I, I've always I've said Argentina is a blunt object, uh, and they like to just kind of beat you down, beat you down, beat you down, and hope to slash you with their speedsters, and they got good young speedsters. But I think this is a Samoa team. Actually, I think might actually be a lot better than we want to give them credit for. Um, it's a short week for Samoa, so that's a big one. But I do feel like the Samoans are anxious. Uh, they took that first week off, and I think they got really extra rested, released a lot of that power on Chile, and I think they're ready to release it again on Argentina. Um, I think they're able to recover. Luckily, I, th I think they weren't really pressured by Chile, so they don't have any major injuries against them, so it should be even competition. But I think Salmoa probably has a better kicking game 
than Argentina does. And because Argentina doesn't have sharpshooters, we saw that against England. I think Samoa is going to actually take this. I look at this to be a 20-10 game, uh, Samoa over Argentina. Uh, Saturday, we got our triple header. Uh, starting off first, we got the battles of the bottoms, uh, Georgia versus Portugal, like the scrappy ones. You know, this is like whenever you, yeah, 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 there's always, man, it was the movie where a kid made little clay, um, uh, little clay monsters and brought them to life and they just started wailing on each other. And then when he was done with them, he kind of just like puffed them away, which in reality kind of makes that murder. I don't remember what the movie is. Maybe it was a book. But the point is, this is what Portugal versus Georgia is. Two teams that absolutely are completely over their heads when it comes to this competition. But they are, uh, you know, they are, uh, what's the word, scrampy. They are scrappy. You know, they are tough teams. Fairly similar version of play. You know, really play hard. Really try and um, play above their their head in, in what their competition is. Um, honestly, it's going to be I, I look at it as Georgia over Portugal. Uh, Portugal, you know, they've been playing well, but I, I think Georgia has proven on many occasions they're just a much better team in that area. Like I said, the next competition to Italy is Georgia, not Portugal. Portugal's been growing. I get it, but Georgia, especially at 15, is a much better game. Uh, I look at this to be, actually, I don't even think it's going to be that close. I think this one might actually end up being like 30 to 10. Um... Georgia over Portugal. I think Georgia just really runs rickshaw over um, Portugal's D, uh, forwards. Like, I think Georgia just has a better forwards than Portugal does. Uh, yeah. Ball control, baby. Next, we got England-Chile. England's going to boat race Chile. It's England's going to boat race Chile. This is going to be a 65-3 to three game. They're just going to absolute boat race Chile. Though I think we're going to finally see what Owen Farrell is going to be able to do. Uh, I think George Ford probably will come in as a backup. Two solid games of playing. There's at least a game that he can warm up, see what their guys can do. And, um, yeah, yeah, this is going to be our chance to see if England runs better through Farrell or Ford. Uh, though I think it's a, Ford is the clear starter, like it should be. But, yeah, this is going to be a, a, a 60 60 to 3 game. 60. Did I say 60 or 65? 60 to 3 game. That's that's wrong. 60 to 3 game. So the next one we got going on, I believe, is probably going to be the best game of the entire uh group stage. Hands down. Best game. I'm not even with the ones that are the finals where they're gonna have to determine whether they get lock up that first or second seed uh in group. This game is going to be the best. This is South Africa versus Ireland. All right. Like, this one is one where, one, we got it's going to be determining who's locking up the first and the second seed, uh, possibly. And honestly, um, it's also a great rematch from uh, 2022 November, almost exactly a year ago, uh, when uh, South Africa went into Dublin and lost 19 to 6 to Ireland. This is one of those times where we were like, Oh man, maybe Ireland is about that ish, and it looked like Ireland might really be about that ish. Uh, and obviously, it got confirmed a little bit more whenever the uh, the Six Nations occurred. So 
This one is going to be everything. I think this one, South Africa, I feel like we know who they are. We know their identity. Uh, they haven't played anybody great, but they've played well, the people that they play. You feel me? But Ireland, I don't feel like I know who they are. They've played by far their easiest part of the schedule. You know, you played against Georgia. You played against uh, – no, I'm sorry. You, you played against Romania. You, you, you went ahead and you played against um, uh, uh, Tonga. Like, eh, we, I, I don't know who you are. South Africa, I know their run was reckless abandoned. All right, run with reckless abandon. They are about to try and crush your soul. And I doubt that a lot of those guys forgot about what happened in Dublin uh, last year and want to be able to rectify that in the realest way. So uh, I'm looking at this game. It's going to be a close game because they have very similar styles. But in my opinion, I absolutely think that you, South Africa has way better edge rushers than... Um, uh, than, than Ireland does. I know Johnny Sexton plays uh, and great with the distribution, but you know, I, I think those young wings and centers that uh, South Africa has, beast mode. And if you just give them the slice, they're going to take the whole bread. All right? Like, that's, that's what I'm looking for from this game. And that's what I think is going to happen. I look for South Africa to actually end up winning this game. I think this is going to be a very, very, very close game. It's going to be a lot of kicking. Which actually might end up being a drawback for South Africa in this one. Uh, the, the poor kicking uh, in this. But I'm still going to put it South Africa with the overrun, especially if they can keep it within uh, Ireland territory majority of the time. Look at this to be a 14-10 to 10 game. I'm looking at three kicks. It's nine plus a try missed extra point missed you know conversion for South Africa and then early try by Ireland and a kick man 14 to 10 South Africa next on the second day of triple headers we're talking about Sunday we got Scotland versus Tonga Tonga obviously just hasn't played great. You know, they played their one match. They got boat raised by um, Ireland, which, I mean, should be expected. That's that's nothing surprising there. Uh, Tonga's always been a tough team. I, I don't feel like they're one that has ever been lacking of being able to access their guys, so they're not similar to Samoa or, or Fiji in that way. Uh, Scotland's a tough team, man. Scotland's a tough team. That is one of those teams that legitimately could – be as much a group stage contender as anybody else. Um, I think Scotland's going to take this game. I don't think it's going to be an easy one uh, early on, but they're going to wear them down because they just Scotland has more depth than than Tonga does, um, and, and it's just good coaching, good scrum half play. Uh, they got fast guys off the edge, tough, uh, tough forwards. Just you know, they're 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 poor man's Ireland. <laughs> I don't know if that's good to say, but yeah, it. I'm not European. I don't have any care for that. They're poor man's Ireland, so uh, I look at them to go uh, win, end up winning this game, uh, 35 to nine. Um, Scotland over Tonga. Um, it's not really too much to say. Uh, you know, Tonga's gonna play with heart, but they just don't have the speed. They don't, they don't have the outside guys to be able to do damage like they could, and their their forwards are solid, but Scotland's gonna outweigh them. And then the second match 
which I think is going to be the second best game of this uh, week, but not of the tournament, not like Ireland, South Africa. But we got Wales versus Australia. This is the one to determine who's going to be going on to Pool C, all right, because this is anybody's game at this point. This is going to be the third time in a row Wales and Australia face each other in the group stage uh, at the Rugby World Cup. 2019, um, Wales ended up taking taking Australia out. Uh, 2015, Australia ended up taking Wales out. Australia ended up going to the finals in that year, and Wales ended up sputtering out uh, midway through the 2019. I think the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Um, for 2019 but honestly I, I said it again I said it before and I'll say it again I, I don't feel like Australia is playing for anything I don't think they have any passion I don't think they're playing with any particular um, external necessity at hand I think they're playing by the technique technicality and historic toughness that they normally do uh, they're going to play Wales hard. I, I have no doubt about that. But I think the Welsh are going to be able to pull this one out. I think, one, I, I do believe that the Welsh are playing for their union and for their people and for the crumbling infrastructure of their rugby system, which is massive. You know, that's a massive thing to have to play for. Um, additionally, I don't. I think that Wales is actually just a better team altogether. I don't think this Australia team was actually built to be major competitors but to be historic competitors instead um so i i would be surprised if uh they pull out i look at wales to take this one it's always a close game so we're not gonna pretend like this is gonna go far 16 to 9 um wales over australia and that's all we got y'all look man i think this is gonna be a very interesting rugby world cup obviously week three should be a little bit better than week two i mean slightly better matchup but not by much obviously we're not gonna get the best until we get to the knockout stages but yo still some stories to be able to be told out of all of these and i'm i'm very much looking forward to it i want to thank you all again for taking the time to take a listen um obviously please continue to let the people that you think are actually cool enough to know about this like we don't want nobody who's gonna be just all in their feelings about it like we're, we're gonna get personal on some of this but you know if you feel like you got some people that are cool with it yo let them make sure send them over the episode send them over the link tell them hey you gotta subscribe to the lowest rated podcast in rugby all right this is a reason because we an exclusive bunch over here and only the best of the best can be over here all right we get the good conversations going on so uh, that being said, you know, thank you all so much. Definitely check out some of our past episodes, past interviews. We're going to try and get these interviews back up and running over the course of the next few weeks. You know, you got to schedule these pieces, man. It takes some time. But until then, man, I hope that you guys are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And most, 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 most importantly, I hope that you know that you are truly, and I mean truly, highly favored. Until next time, cheers. But there's no sure.